This is Table Talk with the Greenville House of Prayer, where we set the table for Christian conversations that explore the Scripture, promote prayer, and seek to edify the body of Christ. For more information about Greenville House of Prayer or to contact us, please visit our website at ghopsc.org or connect with us on Facebook at Greenville House of Prayer. Now for today's broadcast. Welcome to Table Talk with the Greenville House of Prayer. My name is Curtis Carr. I'm here with my two co-hosts, Dustin Hughes and Joseph Cheatham. And we are excited about today's broadcast. Um, We are going to be continuing a series on the Beatitudes. So this will be our fifth episode in uh, this series where we are just taking time to look at each individual Beatitude and asking the Lord for revelation and understanding uh, regarding this profound, uh, really beginning of a sermon that Jesus released, mm-hmm. the Sermon on the Mount, which is probably his most comprehensive statement about a believer's role in cooperating with the grace of God. I mean, some have likened it to the constitution of the kingdom of God or the litmus test to measure our love and spiritual development. Uh, that would be the Sermon on the Mount. Well, this is the very first part of the Sermon on the Mount. So Jesus goes up on the mountain. His disciples come to him, and before he gets into, you know, he doesn't talk about marketing and ministry and healing the sick. He gets right to the heart of the matter because I believe following him is a matter of the heart. So he goes right to the heart. And so we've already talked about, you know, what blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. And today we're going to talk about um, Matthew 5, verse 7, which is blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. If you want to listen to the previous episodes, you can find those on our website. They're archived at uh, ghopsc.org. That's ghopsc.org. We'd love for you to connect with us there. But yeah, I'm ready to to jump into this. There's so much to cover because it's just a vast topic, not just this one portion of Scripture, but it's all throughout Scripture and it's all in the heart of God. I mean, to have a heart of mercy, what does that look like? Mm-hmm. Well, we also, Curtis, would love our listeners to join us for some of our prayer meetings. Typically, we meet twice a month. You can follow us on on Facebook as well or, mm-hmm. or through our website. And we'd love for you to join us in our prayer meetings as we pray for various topics, pray for our city, pray for the church. Locally, we we want to see uh, unity in prayer and um, coming together to pray uh, really, I believe, will have an impact in the church in this area and on our own hearts. So um, yeah. while we look at the Beatitudes today and, and, and this one on being merciful, or um, think about joining us to, uh, for one of our prayer meetings. Yeah, yeah and that's, that's, that's the purpose of these broadcasts is, you know, we want to set the table for Christian conversations that do explore the scripture, but also promote prayer as a prayer ministry. And mm-hmm. in this area, in the Greenville, South Carolina area, we want to provoke you to pray more because we believe the more prayer that's being released from God's people, the more activity uh, of God's spirit will be in our area, in our region, in our own personal lives. And so we're trying to do that in our our own lives, and we want to encourage one another to do that as well. You know, like we talked about before the show, if uh, as you study what it means to be merciful and our call to be merciful, um, it leads you to a place of prayer because it's a pretty big challenge to mm-hmm. to live out yeah. a life of life of mercy. So, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So these beatitudes, you know, we we've, we've mentioned it before. There, uh, one one author has said they're like flowers in the garden of our heart that God wants to to cultivate and f- to blossom and 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 
be beautiful and bear fruit in, in terms, you could say. Uh, they also define love, godliness, spiritual maturity. I mean, they describe what it looks like to walk out the kingdom lifestyle, mm-hmm. to, to be conformed into the image of Jesus. Mm-hmm. And so let's just jump into this. You it, know. it defines as well what it means to be blessed. You know, we all, we put, I see the blessed on the license plate. or Hashtag, hashtag blessed. Hashtag, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we all want to be blessed. And that's a good thing. I think the fact that Jesus begins with how to be blessed. I mean, I mean, mm-hmm. we should want to be blessed, right? I mean that, and, but, Here's what it looks like. That's a good point. Yeah, yeah. Most people would say they're blessed or, you know, I want to be blessed. But this is how God in the flesh defines blessedness, yes, right? That's a good point. This is yeah. the only gateway to true blessedness, which that basically, it just means like joy, abundant joy, spiritual prosperity, you know, to have a vibrant heart where we where we enter into the joy of God, where we experience His His presence, His approval, you know, we have increased grace to to walk in love and minister His power. I mean, the great blessing to sense His approval and joy. There's no greater uh, state of blessedness than yeah. to tap into the you know, heart of God and experience His life in our life. Well, to experience His peace and His joy is is really the the longing of every human heart is to know and to walk in the peace and the joy he has for us. Yeah. I mean, and that, and the beautiful thing is no matter what we've experienced or how much we've tapped into it, it's eternal. It's infinite. So there's always more. So there's an ever increasing measure of joy. As Paul said, joy unspeakable and full of glory, you know, at his right hand are eternal pleasures forevermore. This is what we were created for. And we'll never be content until we're tapping into this. So Matthew 5, 7, you know, blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. So why should we be merciful? Well, I mean, we've already said that it's one of the gateways into joy, into Mm -hmm. blessedness, into experiencing that. But I think, you know, an aspect of that is is that it's who God is, right? So Mm -hmm. first, I think we need to realize that God's nature is full of mercy, and, mm-hmm. and that's the call for us to be, we're made in his image. We're not going to operate uh, properly until we're you know, following his, his image or being conformed into his image. Mm-hmm. And so that's part of the call is to be who we were truly meant to be. And we're truly meant to be merciful because God is merciful, right? Mm-hmm. I think it's good to, as well to establish you know, what mercy is or uh, what does it mean to be merciful? And you know, I shared it beforehand as well. I, I remember just in, in Sunday school or youth group being taught, and I think it's really good. And this is probably a lot of people have heard this, that mercy is not getting what you deserve. And, you know, as opposed to maybe as opposed to grace is um, getting something that you really don't deserve. Yeah, in a without, positive sense. In a positive sense, yeah. right. But but not getting what we do deserve, re- that's a recognition that, I have a sinful nature. I, yeah. I am. I have a part of me that is not good. That's corrupt. You know, that yeah. goes back. Really reaches back to the fall. Um, we've seen it in history, and just and I think we all know deep down that mm-hmm. we're we're sinners and we're we're yeah. lost and with without God and we're and deserving of judgment. We're des- yes. got, God spares us, and not only that's that, he what gives we us deserve. gentleness, kindness, mm-hmm. and you know, love and forgiveness in the midst of deserving judgment. So, so that basic. 
definition is we don't get what we deserve. That's mercy. So, so mercy is the police officer telling us to have a nice day when we were going 90 in a 55, <laughs> right? I mean, right. We, get what we, we knew we were speeding. There's no justifying or getting out of it. And the police officer goes, all right, Mr. Hughes, have a good day. That That's mercy was shown to us in that yeah, moment. Yeah. Is that correct? That's, that's good. good. And in, this con- in the context of, of, you know, our sin, Jesus paid the price. So he's the one that took the ticket and went to jail and you yeah, know, no, did that, all that so that we could get away free. I mean, there's a, there was a penalty that was paid and Jesus absorbed that so we could receive mercy mm-hmm. instead. You know, that he's the merciful high priest that has... Mm-hmm has yeah. entered in and now that we can come boldly before the throne of grace because he you know took on flesh and paid the ultimate price for us to receive mercy. Mm-hmm. That's so, a great point because I think before we can begin to even talk about mercy being merciful and extending mercy in relationships we have to acknowledge the great mercy shown to us yeah. and we we can only show mercy because of the mercy shown to us because I mean we all know the scripture while we while we were yet sinners Christ died for us. Yeah. We deserve separation from him. We deserve to be to die and be separated from God. But the, his mercy, he died on the cross for our sins. And many people think that, you know, that that just happened in the New Testament. You know, that the God of the Old Testament wasn't necessarily a God of mercy or who cared about mercy, Old Testament, judgment, mercy, wrath, Testament. Yeah. I hate everything kind of mentality. Mm-hmm. But then Jesus comes along and he's the loving, merciful one. And it's like... Is God schizophrenic here? But no, if you really look into this, God's heart all along has been mercy. And and we're going to just jump into a couple of scriptures. Yeah, I think we need to exalt one. the mercy of God and the heart of God and the nature of God, You know, because mercy is an essential value of the kingdom of God. It's core to the nature of who God is, yeah. ultimately. That's good. So in Exodus, Exodus about, in Exodus, by the way, it's not just mm-hmm. Old Testament. That's like old, old Testament. Yeah, that's, that's way like the, back. That's like, that's that's like second one. Yeah, that's number two. <laughs> number yeah. two out of how many? That's uh, I don't know. Yeah. Six, uh, uh, I know there's uh, 66. Yeah, books from the Bible. <laughs> a little Bible trivia there. Right. For a second. But it's well, a thicker 20, part. There's 27 the in the New Testament, right? So 66 minus 27. Uh, no, no, no. 39. Hey, there 39? we go. That's a number two. That's old, old. Way back. Like the Torah, early in the Torah. We're, we're kidding around, but the point is, is that God has had had he a hasn't heart, changed had a heart and attention from for mercy from the beginning. He and hasn't changed. That's exactly right. right. Yeah. yeah. So Exodus thirty four, um, basically the Lord, uh, Moses goes before the Lord and, and essentially wants to see God's glory, and it says that the in verse we'll start in verse five it says now the Lord descended in the cloud and stood with Moses there. And proclaim the name of the Lord to him. And the Lord passed before him and proclaimed, The Lord, the Lord God, merciful and gracious, long-suffering and abounding in goodness and truth, keeping mercy for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgression and sins. So here, I mean, it's this is God descending and early on. In power. Yeah, I mean, with <laughs> with. Clouds and, and lightning and fire. Yeah. And I mean, it's terrified the Israelites. And- you know, he could have came down and said, I'm the Lord all powerful. I created everything and I could, you know, zap you right now or I'm, you know, full of anger or whatever it may be. But yeah. no, he, the thing he, he decides to declare about himself and his name is that he's merciful and gracious, long suffering, abounding, goodness and truth, 
keeping mercy for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgression. Mm. So it's it's been in his heart all along, right? I mean, this was his heart all along is one of mercy. I love Micah 7. It's another passage that just declares the heart of God in this. Which is a later, kind of later Old Testament. A smaller one, yeah. yeah. A smaller yeah. prophet. Yeah. Still uh, Old Testament. He <laughs> says, Who is a God like you who pardons sin and forgives the transgression of the remnant of his inheritance? You do not stay angry forever, but you delight to show mercy. So talking about God that he is one who actually delights in mercy. He doesn't just forgive because he has to, you know, because Jesus died. No, he actually finds joy in it and loves to give mercy and show mm-hmm. mercy. That's mm-hmm. his heart. If he could choose between mercy and judgment, he chooses mercy. That's what he wants. And mm-hmm. that's why Jesus came because God so loved humanity and he wanted to show forth the uh, lavish his mercy on humanity. And, and he invites us into that. You know, and yeah. that's the call of Matthew. That's the framework for Matthew seven, uh, Matthew five, verse seven. Is Jesus is you know with the backdrop of of Yahweh, the one who delights in mercy. He's saying, look now, blessed are the merciful, for they will obtain mercy. They'll enter into this mercy. You know, I think if we could somehow grasp like God's holiness and majesty, and just how far above exalted he is above mankind like it's mercy that he interacts with us at all yeah it's his it's his mercy that he met with Mo- this god yeah. who we, yeah. don't, we don't even i mean we, there are no words to describe you know who he is and his majesty Come met on, with met good. with moses on you know on the mountaintop like or you know the, the you know we yeah. don't trying to say that was mercy. Yeah. And then the great extension of mercy that he sent his son, Jesus. This is God we're talking yeah. about to interact and be with us. Just his mere, and I was thinking about this as you were talking, something sparked in my in my heart. His mere interaction with us, that he wants us to come. And now he says, come boldly before his call. Yeah. He doesn't even just say, sure, I'll pay you some attention. He says, he calls us his children. Mm. You know, he says that we An can inheritance. come. Inheritance. We can partner All these with him. He gives this us this is the holy, majestic God, King of Kings, that is saying that. That's mercy that He wants you and me and and those of us, those of you listening, to enter into His presence. Yeah, man. Just, yeah, and know that He delights in it and delights in it. He, yes. he, who, wherever you are, whatever you've done, it may have been terrible and whatever. He is longing for you to return so that He can show you mercy. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think of the. The uh, prodigal son and the father. I mean, he's the father that's looking for his children to run home, not so that he can reprimand them and spank them. He wants to show mercy and place them back into the household of God. So yeah. he's calling you, and he and if you get that in your heart and your mind, for me, it helps me to run to God when I mess up and sin because I know that he's not waiting for me to go through all these hoops until he shows mercy. He he delights in showing mercy. He has come near. Now that yes. doesn't mean we sin to you know make have more opportunity to receive mercy, but know that he delights in showing it when we repent and turn from it and look to him in faith. Mm. He's there waiting for us. Yeah. Yeah. Mount Sinai, Mount Sinai. By the way, I had a little my brain checked out for a second. He met with God. Moses got. Am I right? No, Mount you're Sinai. right. Mount okay. Sinai. Okay. What did you say? I didn't hear what you said. I, I said at the, the mountain. One of those <laughs> mountains. The mountain. Yeah, yeah. It's Mount Sinai. Yeah. So blessed are the merciful. So that's the blessing. I mean, and there's a joy in that place. 
And God wants us to enter into partnering and experiencing His very nature. You know, I think it's Peter, he writes that we've been made partakers of the Mm -hmm. divine nature, that we can actually tap in and experience and be conformed and have the very divine, supernatural nature of God active in our lives. And one of the ways we do that is by releasing mercy. Mm-hmm. And to the extent that we release mercy is the extent that we're going to receive more mercy. And we get to grow in that never-ending cycle of just flowing in the mercy of God and in the joy of God as a result. Yeah. Curtis, you mentioned Peter. I was looking at um, First Peter right before in verse 3. It says that in his great mercy, and then it goes on here, all the things that he's poured out on us. Mm-hmm. You know, As Christians, we should take this to heart. He's given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. A li- I love that. A living hope. As a Christian, we should have a living hope, which he's given us because of his great mercy. So we have this living hope. And into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade, kept in heaven for you, who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. Yeah, and I think so, I mean that's not all, we get to tap into it here and now, but whatever we experience in the here and now is as great and as glorious as, as it is, it's nothing compared to the fullness of fullness, like our, yeah. our, the mercy that God has displayed is going to be fully evident to everyone and we'll be able to actually comprehend it <laughs> fully in our glorified state. Mm. And then it's really going to blow our minds, you yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. Like now we're like we may cry some and get chills and feel good and all that and it's great but man what's it there's even greater to come and let's let's press into that and and walk into that and i mean and okay so that's like the positive good stuff but we also need to just realize that jesus is in a way commanding this too yes. for for his disciples i mean this is his leadership teaching for for those who came to him and he mentioned the mercy. You, you mean we have to be merciful to, to other people? <laughs> that's, that's right. Yeah, exactly. and, and it's a non-negotiable for kingdom citizens. It's a non-negotiable for followers of Jesus. I mean, he he reiterates it three times in, in this Sermon on the Mount. I mean, in Matthew 5, 7, and then Matthew 6, we all know the Lord's Prayer. You know, Lord, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors, or mm-hmm. forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And then right after that, he says... This, which is, I mean, strong if you really think about it. Verse 14, Matthew 6, verse 14. For if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. Verse 15. But if you do not forgive men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. So, I mean, we do also need to point out that there is an element of conditional uh, experience here. You know, Mm -hmm. like there's a measure where Jesus seems to be very clear in saying, if you show mercy, you're going to receive mercy. Mm. If you do not show mercy, you're not going to receive mercy. You know, we talked about this on our, you know, we did a series on the Lord's Prayer, and we talked to unpack this a little bit more and went to Matthew 18, the parable of the unforgiving servant, which you should go there. I mean, uh, you can listen to the archive on our, our website. But I mean, Jesus basically says, look, if if you don't forgive the debt, you've been you've been forgiven a great debt far surpassing anything that you can imagine. If you don't forgive little debts amongst your, your brothers or your friends, you won't be forgiven. And not only will you not be forgiven, you'll re- you'll be given over to torment. And so there's that negative aspect that of it too. Warning that we need, yeah, the warning merciful. that we need to be. So yeah. there's the promise of entering into the 
you know, divine nature of God, the blessed joy of the Trinity. But there's also the warning that, you know, hey, if you're not walking in this, you need you're going to experience some torment. So how can we show mercy to other people? Because even in the Beatitude, it's first if it maybe there's a significance to this, you know, blessed are those who are merciful for they shall be shown mercy. So, you know, the first we are merciful and then we're shown mercy, maybe by other people. I don't know. How how can we show mercy? What are maybe some practical ways we can yeah, show well, mercy to other people? I'm reminded of Ephesians 4. Um, I think it's verse 30. It says, And do not grieve the Holy Spirit by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Verse 31. Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, evil speaking be put away from you. So, I mean... Resist those things, and then it says in verse thirty-two, and be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God and Christ forgave you. So, I mean, we need to search our hearts. I think you know, is there bitterness? Do I have a grudge against somebody? Am I angry or wrathful with somebody? Mm. Uh, am I speaking evil of people? That's not mercy. Uh, and then say, am I tender-hearted? towards another. Am I forgiving people the same way Jesus forgives me? Mm-hmm. You know, in the Matthew 18 passage, it's Jesus is answering Peter's question when Peter comes to him and says, Master, how often should I forgive my brethren? You know, 70 times or whatever, or seven times. And Jesus is like 70 times seven, you know, mm-hmm. he, like many times as he comes to you and asks for forgiveness, mm-hmm. forgive them. Yeah, it's and good. So, so, I mean, I think that's the first step is is forgiving people when they've offended us, mm-hmm. when they've even legitimately hurt us and done evil things to us. You know, I'm sure there's people listening to us who've experienced incredible trauma or abuse or whatnot. Uh, but you have the opportunity to to let the life of God flow through you by extending forgiveness to mm-hmm. who those people are. And I think that would be the, the one of the first steps in growing in this blessedness of being merciful. And I think it extends even beyond that to a place where I think mercy and, and I saw this definition earlier is uh, being actively compassionate. It is, it is empathy that leads to a form of action where you, you, you feel and you're moved. And I think one of the verses real simple in uh, Matthew, can't remember where it is, but uh, it says about Jesus. Jesus saw the huge crowd as he stepped from the boat, and he had compassion on them and healed their sick. I think this is a picture of mercy. Your heart is moved to a place where you are compelled to action, and yeah. and and so I think it involves movement. I don't think it's good enough just to say um, just empathy. Oh, I feel so bad about that. Yeah, well, what'd mm-hmm. you do? Well, I didn't do anything. Uh, but by the same token, I think there's something. That's not completely right when you go, well, I help that person because that's the right thing to do, but I don't really care. I mean, there can be cold yeah. helping yeah. as well. I think true mercy. Or wanting something in return. Or, right? or yeah. wanting something in return or wanting to get recognized or, you know, hey, take this picture of me while I give this money to this poor person. <laughs> I mean, I'm, yeah, yeah. I'm half joking, but seriously, like, I think there's something about, and we're going to get into this next episode talking about pure in heart, something about the motive of our heart that we're moved in love and compassion to where it compels us to some form of action. Yeah. And we see that in the life of Christ. And how do, how do we deal with our, you know, I think it bleeds into how we deal with our enemies. Yes. You know, how do we, um, do we really want to see people who may oppose us or who may hate God? Do we want to see them receive judgment or do we want to see them come into mercy and experience the mercy of God? You know, and that's what, you know, we're called to do is to not 
take vengeance in our own hands and not judge before the time, as Scripture says that to, that the Lord is the the judge and the one who's going to, you know, vindicate and do all of that. That we're to we're to bless our enemies. We're to love those who persecute us and mm-hmm. pray for them and ask you know ask God for mercy to to come in their lives. And and how do we be a display of that? You know, yeah. Yeah. Um, good. what does the Scripture say to? Uh, you know, you, you love those who love you. Way to go. The, yeah. he, the heathens do that also, basically. I mean, yeah. Yeah. That, that's not mercy. What, what what good is that? You're doing what the, even the heathens do. And the beautiful thing is the more we lean into this, the more we're going to experience God's mercy. Like yeah. we'll get a revelation of what his mercy is really like. And and not only just have a, a, a head knowledge or a, a theological framework for it, but we'll experience it on in our inner man. You know, we'll have living understanding of the mercy of God. And it's not always, I'm sure, easy. I mean, Jesus was hanging on a cross and it hurt and he bled, but yet he still was able to say, forgive them, Father, Mm. for they know not what they do. Like, Mm. I mean, there's something to partaking in those sufferings and and still having a heart of mercy. You have to love mercy if you're hanging Mm. on a cross, forgiving people. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You have to love it. I mean, for real. And that's what we're called to do. You know, I mean, he's in, uh, is it? Oh, what's it? Micah six eight? You know, it says, you know, what what does God require of you, but to do justly, to love mercy, mm-hmm. and to walk humbly with your mm-hmm. God. I mean, I think humility and mercy go hand in hand. I mean, you can't. It takes humility to forgive somebody who's wronged you, even if I mean, if you're right, even if you're right or whatever. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. It it takes humility to release that and and yeah, well, let me just. Two, two quick myths when it comes to the idea of mercy, when it comes to relationships. One, uh, mercy does not mean that you uh, just are okay with the sin in, in other people's yeah. lives or systemic That's sins you see it around yeah. you. I mean, it does not mean that. As a matter of fact, we, t- we were talking about earlier, sometimes the most merciful thing you can do is to call out the sin in your in your brother yeah. or sister's life. Yeah. I mean, that, that mercy does not being okay uh, being okay with sin. Yeah, um, no, that's good. And I completely forgot the second and, thing. Well, I was and another say. one: and mercy or forgiveness <laughs> is not automatically trusting someone that's, or yeah, welcoming them into your life fully. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like there's there's wisdom there. So don't you know? Forgiveness is is needed and mandated, but it doesn't necessarily mean that you have to trust that person or be in close proximity. Yeah. Mm-hmm. One one final aspect and maybe showing mercy is patience. Paul says in first Timothy he says, here's a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am the worst. But for that very reason, I was shown mercy so that in me, the worst of sinners, Christ Jesus might display his unlimited patience as an example for those who would believe on him and receive eternal life. So Jesus had mercy on the most, the worst of sinners, Paul says himself, and it was displaying God's unlimited patience. You know, we should be patient with our brothers and sisters. We should be patient with those who don't deserve um, our patience. Amen. That's good. Amen. Well, Man, that time flew by. It did fly by. <laughs> well, Joe, this was rich. This was yeah, good. I mean, yeah. we can keep going. Well, Joe, how about you close us in prayer real yes. quick, and then we'll, we'll wrap up. We ask that your hand would rest on the upstate and in Greenville, South Carolina. We pray uh, that your hand would rest on your church here, your body, your bride whom you love. And we pray, we ask that the, the church here would become and would be even more merciful than, than she has been. We pray that your mercy would be poured out on us and that we would be a merciful people in this city. We pray for that in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen.
Amen, amen. Amen. Well, we encourage you as you go throughout your day or your week, meditate on this. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. And ask God to give you revelation of his great mercy so that we could grow in greater mercy. Um, we hope you join with us next week. Until then, God bless. Thanks for tuning in to this week's broadcast of Table Talk with the Greenville House of Prayer. We pray you've been encouraged and hope you'll join us next week as we continue to host Christian conversations that explore the scripture, promote prayer, and edify the body of Christ. For more information about Greenville House of Prayer or to contact us, please visit our website at ghopsc.org or connect with us on Facebook at the Greenville House of Prayer.